Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Epic Starkey. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? It is so good to be with you so shortly again. We've been putting out a couple episodes here recently, and it's because we actually have some things to talk about WNBA-related. My name is Kyle Haywood, and I am joined tonight by two of my most esteemed, illustrious colleagues, Steve and Logan. How's it going, guys? Hey. (laughs) Made me feel real warm inside. <laughs> That's not an answer. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to the hosts that do to this. Uh, generally, Steve's uh, Steve never sat the in the hosting. passenger seat before. Yeah, he's I like, do have to say, "What do I do?" I do have to say, I do love that. Like this, this virus thing happens, and then you almost don't hear from us for like four weeks. And then suddenly, like, hey, the draft's going to happen. And we're like, let's do five episodes we're like a week. Four episodes in a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> let's do go. as much content as we can stomach. <laughs> it's so true. So. <laughs> it's good. But, uh, we've, we've actually been talking and hanging out for several hours today. It's been an absolute blast. We've been talking backwards and forwards all through. WNBA trades, draft, everything. Uh, logos. We had a good logo discussion. Um, thanks to the Tebow family. Uh, that was, that was a fun one. Um, but, uh, it's, it's been good guys. And we get to do one of my all time favorite episodes that we've done every year now. And that is giving out draft grades. But before we get to that, Steve, uh, do you want to run down uh, every run run down everybody? That sounded like violent. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to give do you us ever a, just want to run down everybody. <laughs> Steve, Some you want to give everybody man. the Some rundown days. on uh, on where they can find us online, uh, social media, etc. Oh, absolutely! Uh, thank you so much for listening. First and foremost, if this is your first time here. Let's uh, give you a bit of the skinny. You can find us over on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. Likewise, over at Facebook. Of course, you can listen to this show anywhere your podcast can be found. Uh, if you listen anywhere that has a rating or a comment section, particularly Apple Podcasts, we'd love to see a five-star rating. I definitely would love to get a comment from you. Let us know what you like about the show. Let us know what we could make better about the show, because not everyone's perfect. And though we're close... It's good to know where the gaps are, of course. If you'd love to get a little extra support to the show, you can check out our Patreon page. We have some cool kickbacks that we're going to be rolling out. Uh, and I've recently been previewing our special Patreon-only content, doing sneak previews here on the feed. Starting next month, those will be Patreon-only, uh, but should be pretty excited about that. I think we have our last sneak preview coming up in the following week. Should be some good stuff. And also check out our Store Envy page. Our producer, Jason, has been designing some awesome T-shirts. Proceeds of the T-shirts come directly for efforts uh, to get new fans to WNBA and women's basketball events. And yes, we are saving up quite a bit until that can finally happen again. So we might be able to roll out quite a few of those in the, in the time that yeah, it's appropriate so. to do that. That'd be sweet. And of course, Patreon efforts, uh, those funds go directly toward efforts to help us improve the show, uh, get equipment, tools, and opportunities to give you guys a better listening product. Anything we can do to make that happen, we're, we're here to do it. Um, and so those are the best ways to connect with us and, you know, love having your support and care. No, we don't have a TikTok yet. 
No, we're not going to have a TikTok. We might as well just clear <laughs> probably, that up right now. Probably not happening yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably not happening for a long time. Yeah. Um, sweet. Love it. That's perfect. Uh, guys, before we get uh, into our actual draft grades themselves, Yo. Uh, I'm, I want to, I want to have, I just want to hit a couple quick things with you guys. First mm-hmm. of all, um, let's just talk virtual draft overall. Like Logan, just I want to. Get, uh, what's the skinny from you on like just your overall takes on this vir- virtual draft? What went well? What didn't? What do you think? Yeah, I'll I'll give you the the real skinny, and then we'll we'll kind of open this up as we go about our discussion today on air. But uh, overall, I'm glad we were able to hold it. I think the reaction shots are are still just as great, especially with everybody at home. Honestly, like. I prefer living room reaction shots to to the New York, you know, get on a stage and hug, 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 you know, and and I I know that that takes that moment away from like some players do. I mean, they deserve to be on that stage and have the spotlights on them and shake Kathy Engelbert's hands. But I love that they're experiencing it with their their families, their teammates, their coaches. That's sort of what this is all about. It, It was almost like a more wholesome selection Sunday, which we didn't get to have this year. Where where you kind of wait patiently for your name to come up, and then you get like really genuine reactions from people because they're in a comfortable environment. So I loved that aspect of it. Um, I I love that there was some shuffling around. We knew that there was going to be some trades today. Uh, players went where we expected. Players went where we didn't expect, uh, which which makes things extra interesting for our analysis. I I didn't mean to end on a bad note. I was going to put this in between in a little sandwich of <laughs> otherwise good things. The the condensing of the second and third rounds was baffling. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was plenty of time to get at least the second round names kind of their own, you know, minute or two in the spotlight. Uh, racing through the second round didn't yep. make a lot of sense to me, especially because yeah. of what was on air at the time. Was It was something that they could have, you know, played 10 minutes later. That's um, agreed. That's, yeah. I want, I want to come back that, to that yeah. in, in yeah, just we'll a little bit. Cause that's, I think we, I think we've all got some takes on that. Uh, Steve, I want to hear like from mm-hmm. you, your side, like positives, negatives, just maybe just overall impressions. I, I vibe a lot with what Logan said. I think, I, I mean, I sort of just give it a solid, the classic solid C in that I gave the first hour pretty much an A. I really liked a lot of how, of the coverage. I liked that they were able to make it somewhat comfortable. They, they tried to give it a, a feel like the event mattered. You want to know an event that didn't do that? The horse challenge. Um, <laughs> that was just like, all right, we're on zoom and we're going to shoot baskets like it. And, and that's not just me being bitter about Allie quickly being screwed out of the semifinals, but um, like it, it, there were elements there. It was clean. Um, the, the GG, Alicia and Peyton Chester tribute, I thought was very touching, very simple, very heartfelt. Um, the responses from the families was really well put together. Vanessa wearing Kobe's uh, hoodie was heart wrenching, but she was very graceful in her response. That led into the draft that I thought was, was handled very well. So the first hour given a the second hour, the second and third rounds to quote per- Senior Chang, I give an F and an F minus. Like it was. <laughs> I like I, I think this is going to sound over dramatic. Like it was putrid to me because there were so many segments that were needless. And then they just compressed all of these picks. And it's not even that they did them so quickly. 
Like that might have happened. It's the fact that they they scarcely came to you with enough like a graphic. They very seldom would come to graphic and say, "Here are the picks. Internalize those picks and then move on." A lot of it was like you had to hope that you caught it in the screen. And when yeah, that was happened, was yeah. I didn't even know what picks what picks were happening. There was picks happening yeah. that we didn't even know about because unless you caught it on the ticker. We're used to the draft ticker being like, here's where the here's the pick that's coming. Here's like the best players available. But that's right. not what was happening. You were seeing who is getting selected. And then they would show a graphic every like 20 minutes and they would flash it for like 10 seconds and then done. And so, you know, us live streamers, that was quite an inconvenience. We didn't have time to react to anything, especially in a draft like this. We were just trying to find out who was drafted. That was so deep. That was so riddled with surprise moves that there were two or three players that were projected in some first rounds of mock drafts that went third round. Mm. And it was like, it would have been nice to have some lead up to that. And I think the other side of it is the obvious one, which is this was, I guess you said we were going to hit this again, but. This is kind of where let's just hit it now. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. now. Yeah. Here we're talking about it. Um, you, so many of these players, like this is such a big seminal moment. And I love what Logan said. The colloquial warm family response, you know, mom, dad reaches from behind the couch to give you a hug. Like moment was special. Bella Allery's was my favorite because there was confetti that came from seemingly nowhere. If yeah, you who was the confetti guy? Like there had At to be like a dude on a ladder, it, but I didn't see anyone throw it. It just like came. I don't from know where it ceiling. came from. It's yeah, awesome like, though. <laughs> there was all that stuff that I loved. Like I loved how they did a lot of reactions, and and there were a lot of them that were pure surprises. Kiki was the best one. That was I had no idea I would go this high. Like oh my gosh, hers first. was the best. It was like she was like eh, I gotta wait a few more picks before I'm even like close. She just like looked right. like wait, did they say my name? You say what? <laughs> It's like thinking you're going to go like Selection Sunday, like you think you're going to go 12th and you're like fourth. It's like, excuse me. And <laughs> um, yeah, so like that was that side of it was cool. Like a lot of that was really fun. We should have ended on that warmth. That's how the night should have felt. This was the only game in town like this should have been treated with a high level of sincerity because there's no other time in a very long time that the WNBA is going to get this level of a stage where people who wouldn't go near the draft are absolutely watching the draft because it's what they have. I remember when the draft was announced that it was staying put and there were people from all levels of sports that were like, dope, I have a sports thing to watch. And and some of them had no connection to women's basketball in any way, but they were looking forward to the opportunity. You can say what you want about how it was covered leading up. There were a lot of bunglings of coverage. That was, it was frustrating, but it still was a large stage. And it was following the night previous, which by the way, ESPN2 had 10 hours of of WNBA coverage that a lot of people responded to really, really well. And yeah. we had a really good kickoff. And then, yeah, I mean, the ending just was really frustrating. And it comes down to stuff that you sort of get. Like, I think I talked to – sorry, I'm, I'm going on a huge diatribe. I'm sorry to take up all this conversation. The last, the last stuff was like – it's not that you even needed to do – announce the pick, do the interview, all of that. If instead of doing a 10 minute interview with Kathy Engelbert while you're quickly flashing picks across the screen, just have Kathy Engelbert read off the picks. Just yeah. give, give the players a chance to hear their name be called. Yeah. And even if you do nothing else, at least that should have been the lowest common denominator. And they didn't even do that. And it was frustrating. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think that, uh, I, 
And I get that they're trying to, they had to, they were wanting to play this balance of like, you know, potentially, you know, generational talent coming into the league at a number one pick and wanting to highlight, you know, the number one pick later on in the draft. And, and they, but they, again, like, again, like with the, I thought that it started out very tasteful with the, yeah, with the, tributes and the honorary drafting of of the three uh of the three girls thought that was beautiful that was perfectly played but i think once that's over like it felt a little off to have like to go back to it while other players are still waiting for their name you know michaela pivich had to wait till the third round to hear her name and then they like through kind like because she got a she got a draft package right like she was waiting yeah. she had all the hats out in place she didn't go till third round and they had to wait and they kind of tried to throw this kind of interview to her and it just didn't it, it just didn't land and like and I think because you had to, they threw that in after not covering picks it was like oh all of a sudden someone that we actually sent something to let's go talk to them no let's hear everybody's name you know not just the ones that you happen to throw yeah. the, it just the wouldn't have been to. difficult is my thing yeah. like listen the 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 kobe not even the kobe sorry i shouldn't say that like the the trivia at the beginning for for those three girls it was such a nice moment and i'm glad that they highlighted Alyssa and peyton and Gigi all equally and they put them on that level of standing they even did it in alphabetical order for that purpose i, I didn't really appreciate that um then they kept cutting to it when they were supposed to be talking draft. And also, and this is going to sound a little callous, and this is coming from someone who obviously had a really big soft spot when all this went down. It's primarily just Kobe whenever they would talk about it. Mm-hmm. So they sort of even lost the spirit of why they were having those discussions and having them at times when they should have been giving those draft picks their due. And that didn't make sense. Obviously, we're all excited about Sabrina. And hey, look, she sold out jersey sales in one night. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff. You can you can cut down from six packages to three. <laughs> you know, I, I think we get it. I think we all like her. I think we know what she's about. I think we all know that she used to play for Slurpee money. I think but, that's well known. <laughs> there is one aspect to that that I think I'm not necessarily willing to forgive, but I understand it. And that's the this is the worldwide leader in sports and they know how to do one thing. And that's attached themselves to one face of a franchise and just milk it. <laughs> like, yeah. And they do that in every sport. They do it in every they, sport across they find the board. The, yeah. They find the one name that's going to get them the most clicks and they amplify that to 90% of their content. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the WWE in them at ESPN. Like, yeah. Like this person, like look at them. I think the other side of it too is they, they feel a natural tendency to get lukewarm reactions they don't need. Like the Kathy Engelbert thing was they probably knew they should have been doing picks, but I think that they felt like they needed the moment of, all right, well, Kathy, how do you feel about the draft? And how do you feel about the virus? And how do you feel about like, they need everyone to give the same response about the same thing. They did it during the horse challenge where like the, they were like, Mark was legitimately cutting people off about to go take shots. Like, Hey, before you do that, um, Herge got married. What do you think? Like, you don't need that. (laughs) This is not what we're here for. There will be interviews. There will be conference calls. There will be time to hear all of the responses. Right now, I want to watch draft picks. Um, The last thought I have is nitpicky. So I don't know if anyone has anything else high level. I don't want to. No, I I think we kind of covered the the gist of it all. Uh, This this isn't about coverage. This technically isn't about the league. 
I'm actually going to call it the players for one particular thing. Here's the thing. Yes. Um, the players delivered on, on draft fits. So many looks were fantastic and that's awesome. And I know it's a big night and it's an important night. You've spent a lot of time and put in a lot of effort to find the right look and to look good and to present yourself in a way. This is one of the first times that, you know, a big natural stage you can see you. So many people delivered, loved it. Um, I, I, I understand you want to respect that because a lot of time and money and whatever went into that. Put the hat on. Yeah. Put the hat on. Exactly. It's drafted. There's a reason the why you on. got sent 12 hats. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I get it. Like, a lot of times money and effort probably went into that hairstyle. What you do is go, okay, what's a hairstyle that's going to look really good? But I guess I'll put a hat on. Uh, yeah. I think that's why I think, I'm, was it Megan Walker was the one that I was yeah, like, yeah. thank and you. And she went, what, ninth? Yeah. yeah. That I was like, thank you. Megan, she put the hat on. Megan Walker out of UConn, the quintessential professional, even as a rookie. You know, yeah. she she gets it. She's like, this is this is how it's played. Is you put the you put the hat on. I I'm willing to forgive it for the most part because I think a lot of players were just so excited that it didn't even cross their mind. Well, like, oh, get the hat. And I think I think a lot of them were just like, woo, hi. I think yeah, the difference too is them the hat after. That's yeah, the other right. thing is I think if you're at the event, what happens? We've all been to this. Is you walk up to the stage and there's PR guy number one saying, "Here's your hat, here's your jersey." You walk up, PR PR person number two behind you is saying, "All right, now put the hat on." PR number three is going, "All right, turn to the camera, shake Kathy Engelbert's hand, walk across." Like there's people legitimately like walking you through the process because they have like system it, where there it's literally it, just it, yeah. like you'll hear your name called and we're going to interview you, and here's a bunch of hats. Like yeah, I mean it I, seems really I, simple, but like in high high I don't, I don't want to say high stress, but like situations like this where your adrenaline is just like like unstoppably flowing through your entire being. Yeah, like, it's kind of nice to have someone like, all right, walk across the stage and then just walk down the stairs and then you can just put your diploma down. You don't need it anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's and, nice. And I, I agree. I, it, I, and I agree that it's nitpicky Steve. And it was something that I was catching as it was going on. Um, and I applaud, but I, 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 I want to add some leniency as well, which you already mentioned. Yeah. Um, was this? this is, yeah, like this is so in, in the moment where it's, it's just like you deal, hear <laughs> you hear your name and you're just like, oh, my family, and you're hugging everybody, and then you're on an interview with Holly Rowe. You know, like it all happens really quick. That yeah, it's probably not what you were thinking about. And, you know that nobody handed it to you. Yeah. When, when and and we know some of the people involved in this. The people that are going to be doing like the like the pre. Well, I don't know. I keep forgetting that the world is shut down. Um, cause I was going to say they, they'd probably just report to the team facility with their draft hat and their draft day outfit. And they're going to do PR photos anyway. Um, but maybe they won't because I don't know how you do a PR day when you can't go outside and see other people. Yeah. I would, I don't know that they can't, <laughs> I, I'm trying to even think of a way they could do that. Like a part of the draft package can just be like a backdrop, <laughs> like take a picture. It's just a green, it's just a green mat to hang. To just put a green screen background by. Because I mean, they straight up like last year. I think the photo ops were like right after the draft. Yeah, they were still in their dresses and in their outfits, mm -hmm. and they would just have like a hat on. And it would like they even had like little mini sets that everyone did the same thing. And yeah, this will be like, like the Photoshop crew of each team is is going to have an interesting field day because it's like, well, how do I turn this person sitting on their couch? into exciting actionable footage that we can use in our marketing. Cause like, that's what we have. Like, 
do you they'll, they'll make it work or do you just like get a hold of the schools they all came from and say like send us whatever we have yeah. to do to make it proper send us your promo footage and we'll photoshop it i don't know there's always a way they'll um, make it work yeah yeah obviously a nitpicky thing but in my head i'm like it's draft day you gotta wear that like honestly yeah. i think it's if i was in i can't tell you in the moment i'll never be athletic for the rest of my life i if i was in that situation where i was drafted into some sports league i almost feel like having the hat is such a part of it for me mm. that like i would make sure like where's my hat like i'm like it'd be like graduation without a cap and gown just like i need, need so, but but here's the thing i'm a dork and those are professional basketball players that's the difference <laughs> is I'm a dork and all I care about is the hat. They care about say, making, we, might, we get excited over the hat and they're like, they hey, care about, I'm about to they care about change my career <laughs> and getting that money. I care about the hat. This is why I'm sitting in this chair and they're professional basketball players. That's how it happens. <laughs> I love it. Guys, that was that was phenomenal. I I I I think that covered just about everything on uh on this kind of once in a lifetime, well, hopefully, cross your fingers, once in a lifetime uh, draft event. Um, but uh, and and just in case you haven't yet, uh, we had several hundred of you tuning in to check out our live stream on yes. YouTube, and we had a blast on there. Uh, we started out with a couple dif- technical difficulties, but we we worked our way around that. We acted, we acted super smooth all the way through, and yeah. uh, but it was a blast. We we were on live, um, and so if you wanted to see kind of our reactions and our our takes, uh, if you're a little bit bored on a on a Saturday or, or whenever this comes out, go ahead and check that out. It's on. Just go to YouTube, WNBA Nation. It's our 2020 um, live uh, WNBA draft coverage, and it's just right on there. So go ahead, check that out. Um, and uh, hit a subscribe over there. We'll we'll try and get some more con- YouTube content on on there sometime soon. Um, but uh, guys, let's hop right in. Let's basically how this is going to work is we want to give our draft grades for each of the twelve tra- twelve teams uh, and how they did on draft night. Now, to be fair, there's several of these teams that there's that had a lot more that they could do on draft night, and some other teams that were pretty minimal in what was available and what they actually had actionable at the time. So um, there'll be, it'll be interesting to see some of the takes on several of these teams, Um, but we're just going to go alphabetically uh, starting in Atlanta. And we're just going to go on a three person rotation. We'll start with Logan. Then we'll go to Steve and then myself. And we'll just rotate the three of us until we finish up with the Washington mystics. Um, But Basically, we we want to hear. Uh, we, we're obviously going to give a grade and the reason behind it, and then the other host can make some comments as far as you know where we agree or disagree on that. Um, but we got twelve teams. We're already twenty some odd minutes into this into this episode. Um, but I am amped, and I hope y'all are ready for some some. Uh, uh, there's going to be some takes you're probably going to disagree with, and we want to hear uh, hear about it as well. So let's go ahead and get started. Logan, uh, we're going to head into the ATL with you. The Dream had quite a bit uh, of involvement here, in uh, especially uh, in the second and third rounds. So, Logan, let's turn the time over to you with the Atlanta cool. Dream's draft grade. So... Uh, Atlanta took the first non-Sabrina guard uh, with Kennedy Carter at the fourth pick uh, and then took Brittany Brewer at 17, 
Michaela Pivich at 25, and Kobe Thornton at 27. Two of these players, the guards, I feel like are names that we all have talked about and know mm-hmm. considerably more about than the forwards. Um, so as, you know, looking into Brittany Brewer and Kobe Thornton, I, I like the value of the picks and, and where they got them. The, the Pivich pick is one that I thought was really interesting. It's one of the ones that got overlooked during the broadcast, uh, that I thought would have been a bigger deal. They did send her a draft package, so they tried to, to make more of a moment of it than, uh, than, than perhaps others, but she was the first pick of the third round. So she saw, uh, several, several of those hats sitting on that table, uh, passed on her a couple times. She's, uh, maybe I'm just creating this narrative in my head, but she's 45 minutes away going to Oregon state, uh, as you know, Sabrina becomes this, you know, national star in college and, and is trying to get Oregon to, to make a championship run here in this past season. Uh, and, and I think lives in that shadow a little bit. I, I don't think there's any bad blood between the two like players, like legitimately like like I'm sure they're personable with one another, but it's just got to be interesting to be going to school and and playing at the level. I mean, she's one of the best guards in the country, but she's not going to Oregon where you know Sabrina is tearing everything up and beating Team USA and stuff. So now she goes in the third round to Atlanta, a team desperately in need of of striking on a couple of these picks. And I hope that together with Kennedy Carter, who I was admittedly down on in our our mock draft episode, they can put a little something together over the next couple seasons. Uh, I I don't know if it's going to be right away. I think Kennedy Carter is going to come in and, and be a like a day one contributor in the lineup. I don't know what the rest of these three will offer immediately. Uh, but Atlanta obviously has uh, <laughs> they've got Nikki Collin as a as a head coach, which means if you don't play defense, you're not going to play. Uh, I love that attitude. I love that that's what they, they look for and what they draft. So uh, hopefully uh, all these players can live up to that. But it makes it kind of difficult for me to grade since uh, Carter was one of the players that I wasn't as high on as a lot of people. Pivich is someone that I really love, but I think has a lot to prove. And Brewer and Thornton are not players that I am super familiar with. So for me, this right now is a B-. minus. Okay. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. Steve, I want to hear your immediate takes to a B minus Atlanta grade. I think a B minus works. I think, um, there's a lot of reasons you move with the Kenny Carter pick and I've sided with Logan in a lot of things. I, I don't feel as high on Kennedy as a lot of other players have just because some inconsistencies I've seen that said, very exciting offensive player. She brings, I think you could call it an unmatched swagger that could possibly only be dwarfed by Courtney Williams. Just going to make that backcourt interesting. Um, I, I think there's a lot of reasons you, you know, you obviously go with that pick, make that exciting coach Colin. There's she had a video of her, to, you know, talking to the first time definitely seems stoked about it. And to Logan's credit, coach Collins, one of those coaches that if she's down with it, I guess I'm down with it too. Is kind of thought <laughs> I love pivot to 25. I get why you, you go elsewhere at, at, um, 17 because you wanted to get a forward and Pivich kind of landed in your lap. So I like that move too. I think there, every pick has a level of uncertainty and a level of, of upside B minus vibes. Well with me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't have any real strong disagreements and I think you guys kind of covered it. Uh, I think I have really similar thoughts there, so I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, Atlanta, an official B minus from our boy, Logan, um, I'm really, really intrigued to hear uh, what Steve has to say about our next team. 
Uh, let's head to the Windy City. Steve, <laughs> they've had a bunch of uh, attention. They've been, uh, they had, you know, two players from this, this, uh, city make the semifinals in the yeah. NBA horse challenge. So, you know, they've got their media darlings. Uh, what's, what's your grade for the Chicago Sky? Uh, and, and give us a breakdown on, on their picks. So I'm going to hit that right at the top. I'm giving this guy an A minus. Okay. Um, I love this draft. I love it. Um, I, I, I can only A minus just cause I, I mean, it wasn't just explosive. I think there's a couple other teams that definitely do have that A material, but, um, I'm huge on Ruthie. I think Ruthie has the potential to be one of the potentially like one of the three biggest, value picks out of this entire draft and is fill it could potentially fill a role in Chicago that turns them into a high level contending team as the, the fantastic attitude. She plays James Wade basketball. I think it's a solid move. Um, Japrice is one of those players that potentially got picked at the rate that she's going to be picked at. Um, you are looking at, you know, uh, the, you know, the best passer of UCLA's team in the last season and it's pretty solid. That you were able to get Kaya Gillespie at 32 is nuts. And to me is just like, that's where yeah, I that's like where the, this that's is going. The one of, that might be with the biggest steal of the draft. Yeah. And Gillespie obviously, at 32 was blowing my mind. All those GMs moving on, or I get it. Like, maybe there's reasons. But at the same time, uh, at the 32, that's pretty nuts. I think you have the chance to really build a, a lot of different pieces there. And, and one thing that I will say about the sky they have always done what they can to try to give their rookies an opportunity to shine. And when they shine, they get a little more rope and they, you know, it kind of grows exponentially. That's where diamond to shields got where she is. That's where Gabby Williams has been able to fill a pretty effective role. I think Kitty Lou Samuelson was only held up because of injuries or else she would have been in that same scenario. I expect all of these players are in a situation where they fill right into that. And so they had a lot of solid players run into their their move. They made the exact selection they should have at eight. And I also want to credit James Wade, who in a post-interview said Ruthie Hebert was the very, very top of their list. That is exactly who they were gunning for. And I, I love that that's what they had in mind. Because the second I, I started doing like an ounce of research, I went, that's the fit. And and I'm glad it worked out for him. So feel good yeah, about a high grade there. No, I like that because people forget that prior to uh, Savali and um, Carter declaring, there were questions if if Hebert would be a top three pick, and people were switching her. And it, back then, it was kind of like, okay, we got uh, Sabrina, then we got Lauren and Hebert, and Hebert was like, eh, maybe she could squeak in. Um, prior to yeah, Carter and and. Um, and and Sabali like declaring early, and so for her to drop to eight uh, with all of the craziness that has ensued, you know, at the end of this college basketball season, I agree. I I think that she's a very high value. I think people got a little too excited, not too excited because Sabali is a phenomenal player, um, and so is Carter. But I think that I think that because those two came in, somebody's like, well, we can't take three Oregon players in the top four <laughs> or five. Like, that's not going to work. And so I think that's the reason why people dropped on her. But I still think that she's a phenomenal value pick, and uh, uh-huh. and I like it. So, sweet. I yeah. like it. Logan, any thoughts? Uh, just that if anyone gives Chicago anything less than an A or A-, I will fight them. 
<laughs> this was such a good draft for Chicago. I'm really I, excited to see them I play. Get, I get the sense that a lot of Sky fans on, online that I've seen are pretty high on this. So yeah. and they should I, think, I think they made a lot of fans happy for sure. Uh, okay, that uh, that leaves. I've got the next grade to give I'm in very, Connecticut. I have a very specific thing I need you to say about about this draft, but I'll, I'm going to let you take it's, the floor. It's, it's probably the most important thing. Yes, and it's the thing we're both thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Just go for it. I, I want to hear you guys. Just I'll go for juicy, it. juicy land room. <laughs> yes. First of all, I just obviously great great guard on a very good Baylor team. But also the name of the draft. Yeah, phenomenal. I, this is right up there. For with, anyone who doesn't, uh, yeah. anyone who doesn't know Steve, awesome names has always been a part of of my acumen. When we were in college, and I was writing like game day fan newsletters um, to like, here's fun stuff about the other team for you to chant about, and here's ways to get excited. My big thing was finding funny or interesting names that we could get on. Um, on the other team, and I, I love Juicy Landry. It my, it, like at the very start of the year, where I was like, "That might be the best name in all college sports," and <laughs> I, I I like it in Connecticut. I just had to get that out. I love it. No, and I you, no, I agree. I just knew, I, I could tell it was building you, up, and I was you like, might even say I'm, that, I'm gonna give this one. You might even <laughs> say that Juicy Landrum to the Sun is a sunny delight. Because it's also a good oh, value pick. <laughs> I, like I, I had to, I had to look some stuff up about her to make sure that it, it wasn't just like I didn't want to be like her name and then not have anything. No, to say. turns out she's super legit, like championship <laughs> pedigree, like record for three pointers made in a game. Like she is, she is like really, really good. Turns out she's and good so too. <laughs> turns out she's got a dope name. And she's good at basketball. No, I, uh, I like because I would have been uncomfortable if it was hey, like, oh, I don't no, know what else to say about. I, no, I love I, your in, college in shooter. Opinion, she's a great shooter. Obviously, this is Kyle. This is your grade. I'm saying too much, but yeah, it's all good. Uh, no, I'm glad you brought that up, Logan, because people forget. Like uh, Lauren Cox gets a lot of the the big Baylor love. You know, you got you got Taya Cooper or, or Tia Cooper. You know, obviously uh, gets a ton of attention, um, but. In my opinion, I don't know if there was a more dominant looking team from the start of the season to the end of the season than Baylor this year. South Carolina obviously finished number one and and Oregon was looking red hot toward the end of the year. But Baylor's start to finish was just they looked so good. And I think the consistency there is I think that Juicy Landrum was like a big part of that. And I, I really like her. The fact that they got her cleared down at, at 35. Um, I think there's a dozen players ahead of her that I would take her over. Um, and I, you could honestly say the same thing. Uh, uh, Kayla Charles, like phenomenal pick, like at 23, I thought she might go like 15, 16 at the, at the latest. Um, she went 23, I think overall the value that the that the Sun got for their late picks uh, is extremely ex- extremely good. Um, wish that they could have, you know. I, I think that they had potential to to get uh, a little bit better had they moved up. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give them a B plus on this one. I really I like their picks for where they got them. I think that uh, I think that both of those players are a little underrated with where they currently where where they were picked up. So. Well done on the Connecticut Sun to watch who was sliding and and to be able to pick them up. Cool, cool. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Am I, am I way off on that or, or what do you think? No, that's, that's the same grade. I would have given them, uh, my, my favorite thing about, um, Juicy Landrum in, in my research on her was that her tournament production and her career production, her numbers are almost identical, uh, mm. which tells me that those, like her abilities as a shooter, as a facilitator, as a rebounder are sticky. Uh, they're not reliant on just playing against like poor competition some of the time and then it disappears against good competition. If she's playing that well in tournament games, it tells me that she might be able to translate to the next level. Uh, and that's really exciting to me. And then also, um, obviously taking Kayla Charles there at 23, I think that's a good value just because she can be versatile. And I think that's a big thing. That's a theme in this draft is, is positionless play. Uh, and that's, that's another good pickup for the Sun to make. Um, I I do I I get B plus I I probably honestly go a little bit lower and I think the reason is both mm-hmm. picks I think have some pretty stellar names that I would probably have turned to first. Um, if I'm sitting at 23, like Michaela Pivich to me made a lot of sense and just feels like a Connecticut Sun player, um, just like a Kurt Miller level basketball player, and I like Juicy Landrum a lot. It's hard for me to. It's just tough for me that Minion Moore went undrafted, and that's a good spot for her with what they were right. looking for. I think you get pretty good value in both picks, though. I think I just leaned in Minion Moore. And I'm going to be honest. I watched a lot of Baylor basketball. I also watched a lot of Oregon basketball. It's probably just because I saw a little bit more of Minion Moore last year. And so yeah, I can see that. I probably I probably uh, lean more toward a B than a B plus, but I overall I'm good with it. Sweet. Uh, Logan, you've got... Dallas. So there's two teams in this draft that seem to kind of have just a dead lock on they, all of the should, picks. Should be hella easy. <laughs> and so Logan, you had you're you're picking for Dallas that basically had a chance to just. I'm. I mean, I'm fixing for Logan to just piss me off right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so easy. I'm ready to see what Logan has to say about Dallas's draft night. Go for it. Um. First of all, getting Satu Savali automatically creates a very high floor for this draft grade because you can only do so poorly after taking maybe, maybe, maybe the best player in the draft. I, every time I say that, I freak out because I like Sabrina is as advertised and I'm a big Sabrina believer, but I'm also a big Savali believer. And I think she was the right picket too, even though Lauren Cox was there. I think you can, I think you can say that. Uh, UNESCO is easily the top pick of the draft, and that Sabali is pound for pound the best player in the draft. I think that that's an argument you can make. It's yeah. it's like, uh, like like Kobe was the face of the NBA, like the '96 draft, right? But there were also like what, like how many other All Stars? Like Ray Allen was there, Allen Iverson was there, Steve Nash was there. Like they can all shine together. But I I am super on board with the Wings taking Sabali. And then instead of trading their their mid first round picks, uh, used them and used them in a way that's going to get them an A plus draft. This was such a good group. They got Bella Allery <laughs> at five. They got my girl Ty Harris at and seven. And I know you're high on Ty Harris, I, which I I think they legitimately could have gotten the best uh, again the best non Sabrina guard in the draft, and I think the best forward in the draft. And then Bella Allery, who who obviously we talked about in our, our mock draft episode, we all just really like what she brings to the table. Uh, they also picked, uh, I can't pronounce it, guys, Louisa. Gilsoder. <laughs> a center. 
Yeah, uh, uh, they picked yeah. the center out of Germany at pick twenty-one. Geil Soders, Geil Soder. I don't know. I'm I, making it's, stuff it's, up. It's, it's, just, <laughs> I, it's supposed to be one of those uh, languages where it's just exactly like it looks, but it's it's Geisel Soder. Uh, oh, there you we've, go. We've got it wrong yeah. in our in our spreadsheet. <laughs> Geisel um, Soder. Nice. And she she's one of the the few players that doesn't have a, a link uh, that I can instantly go to when I was looking at the WNBA website's draft board. Um, but they got this pick from Vegas uh, and decided to take a center that averaged over 18 points a game. Um, so that's yep. <laughs> if you can get a, a big who can score it just e- even to to build up your depth. Um, that's certainly a, a pickup as well. So for for me, not knowing what Dallas was doing all offseason, wondering what they were going to package these picks for, who are they going to use the picks on this? Is, if, if you went into draft day saying we're going to use these picks and we're going to get day one contributors and we're going to become young and fast and dynamic. This is the draft for you. I love the Dallas wings draft. Steve, I want, yeah, like I want to hear, did, did Logan here's, piss you off with his grade? Here's what, here's what Dallas did this <laughs> off season. They had a very head scratchy off season, obviously losing Skylar Diggins Smith is what happened, right? They did lose Skylar Diggins Smith in what I uh, uh, believe to be a trade package that did at, at first make a lot of sense. They made a couple other like tacky trades that, you know, I, I like Katie Lou Samuelson. I like that pickup. Obviously, they were able to pick up a, a student door who I really like. But overall, it was kind of a frustrating thing for the Wings. The Wings didn't have a lot of reason to be excited about a lot of basketball. They knew they had the number two pick. But outside of that, what do they have? And I feel like this was the moment that you pull in an employee and you say, it's draft night. You say, you better give me one good reason, or in this case, four good reasons why I don't fire you on the spot. And the Dallas Wings said all the exact right words in the exact right order and kept their job because this makes the Wings so freaking interesting. I would say those first three selections are on the exact button who they should have selected. In fact, if you go back and watch our stream, when we came up to these selections, this is pretty much where we did. When we got to five, I think we all pretty much said, like, at this point, Bella makes sense. At seven, you go, we've held off on Ty Harris until now. Get Ty Harris. At the 21, I don't think any of us were saying Louisa, but I think if I'm Dallas, what I'm saying is we just missed out on, on Beatrice in the previous pick. Let's go with the, the, the biggest true center, like the, the most true center in the entire draft and see how it works for us. This could be the best draft of the whole, of the entire route. It'd be, they, they nailed it. Couldn't agree more. For some yeah, reason, I was I, the yeah. way Logan and I are. I was just expecting him to be like, "This is a D," C and I'm just like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> like, no. If, Here's my no, thing: is, this isn't even I like it can't Kyle. be an A. If it was anything less than an A minus, it was. It's just on the money. Love this draft. Mm. My thought is, I think that Dallas started with this grade well before draft night. Yeah, I think that what you yeah what it you mentioned is their off up. season. Their off season of losing. Uh, you know, you losing one of the, the league's top players and then really trying to be like trying to scramble. And they came out looking very, very good, uh, draft wise. They still, you know, they're still, their current roster is still a little bit shaky. But if you're just saying like, we're just giving draft grades, right? I'm not, I'm not, we're not saying A plus from Dallas means they're going to, you know, go to the semifinals in the playoffs. We're not saying that. We're saying that Dallas, draft wise performed very well. And I think yeah. that that started well before they 
started picking picks tonight. Yeah. This this draft was so good. It took the wings from like bottom of the basement in terms of teams I was interested in watching this year to among the top teams. I I agree. I think that this draft probably increases the amount of Dallas Wings like merch that I'm purchasing in 2020. <laughs> Yep. Love it. Uh, Steve, I am so glad that you have this next team. <laughs> like I am, I, when I saw your name next to this team, as far as who we were going to be, uh, giving grades for, I thought this is perfect. It's exactly what we need. Steve, I need your fever takes. Oh, who you no. got? Not who you got. What do you got for the fever? Oh man. I really didn't think I'd be the first one to be this guy. <laughs> All right. So the fever get a C plus, and this is why Lauren Cox is Lauren Cox. That's a great selection. You don't screw that up. Yeah, that's a good move. At the 28, I actually like what kept this from being potential, not even lower, but the, for me, I saw they take two guards and I remember thinking that is absolutely not a role you need to be filling right now. Like <laughs> you're pretty darn guard heavy. Um, I was ready to even be in the D range for this, which is crazy because like Lauren Cox to me is an A level pick, but I didn't like those moves. Kathleen Doyle, I don't have I don't have an issue with Kathleen Doyle. I think she's a solid player. How in the world you pass up on Crystal Dangerfield at that point is beyond me. Right, that's why yes. that's low. And then I was going to go D level because I had the same take in the third round, uh, taking Cami Smalls, and then you, when you had Japristine, Haley Grecki, and Key Gillespie, like. Kai Gillespie, three of the next four picks, and that's where you went with it. Then I admittedly went, I haven't watched any James Madison basketball. I'm going to go look up uh, stats. I'm going to go look up uh, Cameo Small's um, insights. And they might have gotten a real steal out of this play. I mean, absolutely skilled, magical passer. Most of her highlights are awesome assists. Knows how to drive the floor well. Honestly, plays a lot like a young Erica Wheeler. And I think you can get a player like Smalls, put them under the tutelage of, of Wheeler, and you might have something. So I know a C-plus sounds weird because you picked up Lauren Cox, and it I was just really high on their third selection. Dang it. Yeah, that doesn't add up, does it? All right, let's give him a B. I'm going to give him a B. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. He says, I'm worried that we're going to have just like really flowy. B's and A's across the board. For everyone. Yeah. But I, I wanted to be mean because I was just like, oh, man, they missed out on a lot of moves. But like Smalls really turned me around. And I don't want this to be another like the fever screwed it up because they may not have. I, I do like where they went with it. I kept, like I was put out some very quality, very skilled, very gritty players. I just, man, you really could have nailed it if you got Dangerfield. If you're going to go with a guard yeah. at 14, I just don't know how they passed up on that. And you can give me as much as you want about, like, oh, there's things they see that we don't see. Christopher Dangerfield, I just think it made sense. Um, yeah. But, gosh dang it, that, that smallest pick honestly made me feel better. <laughs> and it just feels weird to go super low when Lauren Cox was a no-brainer. I mean, they were in a perfect situation just to say, like, now if they'd have went left field with that pick that's where you go okay uh why and mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's things to talk about but yeah yeah here's, yeah 
Yeah, I have some fever thoughts, as you as you might have imagined. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I'm at with with this draft is, I think Kathleen Doyle is actually is a sneaky good pick here. The different, like, if I was looking at these same three names, but I knew that Dangerfield wasn't on the board at 14, I would feel really good about it. I see that. Yeah, if, I think that's what if, it is. Yeah, and it's just knowing that there could have been a Dangerfield pick here that, like. That really, I mean, we we really believe in her being a difference maker. That feels like maybe they they left a little bit on the board. But Fever, do do not make Steve regret this. Be great because he has been a supporter of you through a lot of crap that I've been throwing your way for like two years now. And if you hurt him, <laughs> I swear, do, do do not make us look back at this in a year and say, oh, we gave that draft a B. Yeah, and it should have been a D. We should have cracked Don't on do that it. when we could have. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Because the thing is, I was ready to be down on the pick. I just, I like, I like that small selection the more and more I look at it. And it, it's hard. But, yeah. I, it's, I, it's the context yeah. of I could have given them, a, I, I did give you a lower grade and I changed it on the flag. I did this for you, Indiana fans. I did this. Because we believe soon in to be you. Hall of Famer and then some. Like we're we want we want this to happen. We're trying. We yeah. we we're rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> we all want the fever to. Yeah. The league is better when the fever are good, and it has not been the case basically since we started this show. It's about time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I I, I agree. I think Lyron Cox. At three, like it's uh, yeah, I think you're good. Uh, I agree. Kathleen Doyle is a little bit of a head scratcher considering who else was left on the board. Um, so that's why I like the drop to the B. Um, I, th- I think you're, I think you're right in range there. Um, K, this, <laughs> this right, seem, I don't want to spend it. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. 15 minutes for, uh, <laughs> Let's block out a good 15 for Kyle to talk about about the aces here. Listeners, if you're wondering why Kyle is hosting today, it's because we didn't give him anything else to do. (laughs) Like, three of my four teams have, like, a pick. So, um, aces, pick number 33, you went Lauren Manis. And I don't dislike that pick. I think it's a fine pick. You're trying to find a, a, a small school gem late round Take a flyer on a Lauren Manis. I I get it. She's she's a double double machine. She's a phenomenal player, uh, inside player. Yeah, she's a two thousand point thousand rebound. You know, she's in that club. That's that's a lot. I don't I don't care who you are and what level of basketball you're playing. That's that's a feat. Um. So that being said, where we where I do think that Dallas did a lot on draft night. And prior to draft night to place themselves in a good position moving forward. Uh, listen, Las Vegas is Las Vegas. They've got, they're, you know, one of the best teams in the league last season. I don't love the offseason moves necessarily that they made as much as a lot of other people do. And I don't love that they basically are leaving like an incoming, like there's nothing, there's no new blood in coming to kind of push these vets to say, hey, like, watch out. I'm going to take your minutes because I'm hungry. I don't love that. And so for this reason, uh, Lauren Manis Manis is a decent pick, but I can't give you more than a D, Las Vegas. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think Lauren Manis is that D. I think it's that 
you could have made a play to pick up another pick or two. Yes. And I think this was a good enough draft that it would have made. Like, like I'm looking mm-hmm. at Seattle with Haley Gurecki. Like you couldn't have made a play to get an extra pick or move up and get a Haley Gurecki or get like it. Just that's where I'm at. I think Lauren Manis has high high potential. She was the, and I'm so glad I get to say this. She was, she's uh, picked as uh, like their athlete of the year at Holy Cross, which means she was the Crusader of the Year, which is Ooh. what they get to say. <laughs> yeah, all for that. <laughs> But yeah, I just it's it's the fact that you sat on that and didn't make a move and you know, that just would have yeah, been yeah. fun. They were I, failing until they picked Lauren Manis. That's what they they barely <laughs> they're barely these get degrees, I guess. So yeah. Yeah, they could have really botched I, that hard and I agree with it, all of what you're saying. I probably would have been a little higher because I, I do think that they went out and got a perimeter shooter who can get shots up fast. Uh, that's really what they feel like they needed. But I agree that they like Kyle's point about having, you know, depth behind the starters and the veterans to push them and to challenge them and to make them better, I think actually goes a long way. Um, it's not something that we see on the court, but it, it's happening behind the scenes all the time. Um, but in terms of what the aces came into this draft looking for, sounds like they were just going to take the, you know, the most confident three point shooter they could at 33 and, uh, and that's that's Lauren. So I I think they got someone that they're happy with. Um, they basically they basically sent a classmate with their eye clicker to class to get some participation points <laughs> oh, to pass the class. <laughs> come so, on. Anyway, the, that's uh, we've talked even too much about Las Vegas at this point already. I <laughs> I, I'm I don't so think they deserve by the next more. team. I'm really intrigued to hear what Me Logan says about LA. I yeah. I, I'm really curious about what Logan's takes are. I yeah, go ahead, Logan. You got L A. Uh, the Sparks. How did they do? They only had two picks at twenty and twenty two. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, these these happened so fast. This was this was part of the draft that we were all like, whoa, what, what, like. <laughs> I think this literally was right at when they were just like cruising through picks. Like, yeah, I think we so, saw up to like, what, like 16. And then all of a sudden it was like 17, 18, 19, 20. It was all like, yeah. so the fact that once. LA had two picks in there and we didn't really even get to digest the, the fact that, that they took mom premiere at 20. Um, really, it, it is kind of interesting to grade this one. First off, mom premiere at 20 is a great value pick as has been brought up several times before. Uh, Emma Mieseman went at pick 19 in her draft and turned into a finals MVP. I think mom premier is the type of player that we're all looking at. Like, are we really sure we wanted to let the sparks get her at 20? Because all the drafts that I looked at had her gone pretty much in the first round, but definitely in the early second. Um, So I think there's a lot of value there. Obviously Um, that, that feels like it was a good pick. Uh, And then they get a six, four small forward out of Germany at 22. Uh, to my shame, another player that's hard to find info on and I don't know a lot about. <laughs> and so um, this is, you know, this is hard for me because I think you, you pick up uh, a young big um, and you pick up mom premier at a position that you probably didn't go into the draft thinking you were going to be able to get uh, B is a B. Okay. I think B works. <laughs> I'm asking I'm okay because I don't know. I really, the, you know, Beatrice is such a good pick here. Um, and, and the Sparks are already a team kind of 
you know, they have their core together, so they're not looking for a top of the draft game changer necessarily. Um, and then obviously it's always good to have depth in the form of a six, four shooter. Um, so they've got that going for them. Uh, what do you guys think? I like yeah. B is fine. I, I think that the value pick in mom premiere is solid. Uh, I do. I, and I actually really like, I think that she's going to do well with the current sparks roster. I think that she could really shine, um, I, in, in that system. This is one of those that it feels like a B now. I hope that it maintains. I, I'm interested to see just how much time either of those players get this next year. I, I hope they give Beatrice mm-hmm. a shot, but I watch how much play Kalani Brown got last year. It makes you wonder. But overall, this, you know, the B stands for it, Beatrice. I think you go for it. Beatrice. Beatrice. <laughs> this, the B for this, Beatrice. This seems like as good as time as any because it's about in the middle of, of the teams that we're looking at. We know just practically that in every draft of every sport, not every pick is going to be amazing when all is said and done. This this seems like a time to remind everyone, like, like the things that these players bring to teams don't necessarily mean that they're going to step in day one into the professional, like, women's basketball league and contribute that. So, like, yeah. like Leona, uh, Leone Fibich that I'm that I'm looking at, like, She's a rebounder, basically. Like she can score a little bit inside, but for the most part, you're gonna you're gonna want her in there for rebounding. I don't know if that's what she brings to the Sparks. I don't know if it's meant to be in the future or right away, or if she's a trade piece or a depth piece. You know, we don't know that getting into this middle of the second round and beyond. Um, so just something to keep in mind as we talk about. I mean, we're we're excited about all these players getting their shot, and we hope they all hit. Um, but this is. This is a B now, and as Steve mentioned, I don't know if uh, maybe it'll prove to be an A, maybe it'll prove to be a C minus or lower, just depending on what the plans are for these players. No, I agree. I think the amount of like trying to do our due diligence and you know uh, understanding and, and trying to do some research on a lot of these players, watching a lot of them throughout the college and and Euro seasons, like. And so, like, we kind of, when you watch someone a lot, you kind of start to become a fan of them. And so, yeah, yeah, like, we we're trying to not inflate our picks with that, inflate our grades with that. Um, and I think that was well said, Logan. Yep. Okay. Um, this next team, uh, I think, in my opinion, depending on your thought, I think that mm. this next team has maybe the widest range of potential <laughs> grades. Is that safe to say? Yeah. I think it's got a super wide range of potential grades. And so I'm really curious to see uh, what Steve, what Steve's thoughts are with the Minnesota Lynx. What grade are you giving? Guys, I want to be salty about someone in this draft. I really do because I, I just, I worry that we're going to throw out these grades and they're going to look a little too flowy and everyone's going to be like, this guy doesn't take things seriously. The problem is one year you're super strict and they're like, oh my gosh, this is a good draft. I can't believe you guys are so strict. And then one year you give a lot of good grades and they're like, you guys can pay attention. Just can't you give everyone an A? It's just like, can we ever win? I want it to be something. The worst I can give the links is a B minus. Um, because, and honestly, the kick kicker is I, I just, I wouldn't. Oh, South Carolina fans are going to hate my guts. I don't see how you don't go Hebert over Harrigan in this case. Um, and mm. to me, I go if Ruthie's at six. That one just made a lot of sense to me. And honestly, even if you didn't go Hebert, 
I don't know how Walker. you Walker. Megan well, Walker. Well, honestly, switch it all up. I don't know how you don't go Ty Harris at that point. So one of yeah. the reasons that I'm a little lower on the Crystal Dangerfield is only because if you take Ty Harris at that point, you don't need that pick because you, you have your guard. And then you push your forward pick back, and you have a bevy of forwards you can take good value at that point. So maybe it goes a little higher. So I was a little frustrated with that. I like those players in general, but I was looking at them in the C range. But you know what they did? You know what the Lynx did? See, they knew I was going to give this grade. And they knew that I, there's something about sports that I value above anything else. Logan, can you guess what that is? It's a word. Uh Oh, I know it. Yeah. Pettiness. Is it? I I value pettiness <laughs> more than I value all the money I own. Sports pettiness. If if do right, no can defend. It is one of <laughs> one of the most valuable pieces you can have as a sport. And if you are the Minnesota Lynx and you say we have the assets to to pull a player potentially from one of these teams that has a lot of players, you know the Liberties on that list. And if we could take the sister of a rival team <laughs> who houses the other two sisters, by Tundra, we're going to do it. And I just love it by so much. It, it makes me, listen, Eric Ogumke is phenomenal out of Rice. You know, H-Town Rise Up. I love the move. I love Eric Ogumike. Everything about that is a solid move. I'm not outing the value, but... You can't sit there and tell me, Shareev, that not the smallest part of this was to get was to get under the spark skin. And if that exists, then the respect I already had for you then has A-. increased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hooray, hooray for sports pettiness. And uh, you know, I think I, I think I was ready to go C range, but the the pettiness of the that of that trade is such an A with so many pluses that I take it up to a B minus. Mm. That's where I go with it. Nice, yeah. Um, Logan, let's. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious what you I say. I just have two quick hit takes on on the Minnesota Lynx draft. Please. The first is nobody's nobody's going to complain about getting Dangerfield at pick 16. I think any team in the draft would be happy to have Dangerfield at pick 16. Um, I don't think she free fell, but falling out of the first round was a little surprising, and I think that's a good place for her. Uh, the second is is not refuting anything you said about um, pick six and and not taking Ruthie there. But anybody who was watching the draft and saw Kiki Herbert Arrigan's reaction to being taken, yes, everybody <laughs> watching is now rooting for her to it succeed. It was one of I the highlights of in the, the whole rookie night. of the year discussion. I, like, I, I want so her to night. take the league by storm. I want like I am already in her corner. As much as I'm in the corner of any of the other players I talk about all the time on this podcast, I want her to be good. <laughs> yeah, it is, I agree. It was a golden reaction. It was a great moment. It was one of the highlights of the night. She's a very, very good player. Chalk alone, Hebrew's probably where I lean in that, and that's my thought. Honestly, I don't even know if Ruthie's where I lean. I really thought Ty Harris was the move there. So I'm, mm. I'm switching away from forwards in general thing, and the reason the danger field move I lower is because Dangerfield shouldn't have been an option by then because you've got your guard. Uh, but right. I agree with you. I don't see how you look at that reaction and don't go go win all the trophies. Here's my thought with Dangerfield and, and Harrigan. If you switch Crystal and Kiki and you take Crystal at 6 and you and I think that there's a decent chance you could still have Kiki at 16, I 
I think this bumps the grade a little bit for me. And I know that sounds weird because it's like, what does it matter? They got the same players. I just think that the, in my opinion, there was a greater chance that you were going to get Kiki later at 16 than there was a chance that you were going to get Crystal at 16. Yeah. And so because of that, I'm like, why would you pick them in that order? If you were going to get, if you know that you need, you know, you need a guard, like, yeah, I, I think I agree with you guys. I, I would have taken Ty Harris, but let's say that Cheryl really likes Dangerfield. If you take her at six and Kiki at 16, I feel a little bit better about it, which is weird to say because it's the same players, but that's that's just my two cents on it. Um, I'm trying to find anyway. a video of the reaction just because I want to watch it again. And I'm oh, it's time, so good. I'm having a hard time. Her eyes, her eyes sh- like shoot out of her head like, what? It's yeah. so good. I love it. That was um <laughs> it was beautiful. It was it was phenomenal. Yeah. It really Kyle, I'm was. so excited that we finally give you a, a team with I stuff. get to talk about a team. You get to talk about yeah. the team. Kyle? Yeah. Like if if it was if you were if you weren't going to give me Dallas, give me New York because I feel like that New York, that beautiful new 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 York logo um, was all over my screen yeah. the whole draft night, and I love it. Oh, I have um, one really quick. Lo- Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I did. Have, you talked about reactions for for uh, Kiki. I do want to say yeah. there's another underrated Lynx reaction, and that is Shineo Kumake on live television reacting to <laughs> finding out that her sister was traded. <laughs> it was pretty classic. Like on ESPN, yeah. just like wait, what? And just literally hands to her head, like what happened? Anyway, <laughs> I forgot about that moment. I had to call it out as you oh, were beautiful. No, you're good. Um, so anyway, going to New York, this is, this is, I think where New York has a lot of opportunities. And if you, if you play it safe, you're going to come out with a pretty good grade. Um, so here's my thing. I love, obviously they got the the number one pick, right? She is the number one pick. Sabrina's, it's a no brainer. Uh, it's, uh, you didn't screw it up, basically, New York. I can't <laughs> give you, like, that's perfect, right? Walker at nine, I, I like a lot. I actually think Walker was probably, like, my third pick as far as bigs in this draft. Um, I think behind Satu and, and Lauren Cox, I think, I, in my opinion, I take Megan Walker. Like after those two, boom, boom. Uh, that being said, to pick her up at nine, I think is a really, really solid. Now they're 10 and 12. Really? They basically are walking out of this after trades and everything. They're walking out of this with four first round draft picks. Oh, excuse me. We do have, have Kylie shook. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Um, we have Kylie shook. Uh, so they, they've got five picks, right? And, uh, <laughs> and it's five of the first 13 picks which is really interesting to me um, that they went, that they went that way. Uh, excuse, hang on a sec. Oh, and uh, Leona Odom. Oh, and Leona Odom. Yeah. I'm like, no, there was one more. Like, I gravy. knew there was one more. Leona Odom is also on there. Okay. So there we go. Boom. Uh, we've got six picks now. All right. Sorry. We're, yeah, we're adjusting our spreadsheet as, as we go. We, we missed the second round here. Be um, smart. 
So did the <laughs> broadcast. So did the broadcast. <laughs> oh. Um, I, okay, you're coming out with six players. You've lost Tina Charles, but you've now gained a new face of your franchise. You got Megan Walker at nine, and then you went four picks out of six. You went 10, 12, 13, 15. Now, I'm, I, if the only reason why this isn't a higher grade is because I think that there was something left to be desired based on who was still available in those 10 through 15 picks. So that being the case, you didn't mess up number one. It's, I mean, if you, if all you did was come out of here with Sabrina, it's a great, great draft for you. Megan Walker at nine. I love the rest of these. I'm like, like, I'm not a GM. I'm not a coach, but from, from my, where I'm sitting, I think that you left a little bit on the table. You left me wanting a little bit. So the only reason why I'm giving you an A minus is for, is, is that right now, there. So, they, but I am giving you an A minus. They went out of the way and traded up, they traded for Jocelyn Willoughby. They mm-hmm. moved, they I, moved Ogumike and they picked up more of a wing level forward and Willoughby. I like that. Willoughby's the one of those last four that I, I do like. And, and she's their 10, which is, yeah. which is great. And that was a trade. But, that wasn't a pick. Like they traded yes. to make that happen. I, I yeah, agree with I, you I, in the I, sense that Kylie Shook was, it was, it was shocking. Like it was, yes. It's Jasmine Jones and Kylie Shook back to back. I yeah. did not expect. Leona, Leona Odom's solid, right? Those are two quality forwards. You're leaving Joyner Holmes and Beatrice Montpremier on the board. And that's yes. that's perplexing to me, just from where Agreed. I'm sitting. Agreed. Yeah. No. That's that's exactly. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Um, and if you're if you're gonna go a guard, I really like a Tia Cooper over a Jasmine Jones. Yep. Uh, who went? You know, Cooper went at 18. So uh, I just think that they left me wanting. So they're getting an A minus. I mean, they came out. They're they're going to come out those you know those top picks are going to be probably franchise changing for them. However, mm-hmm. those late first round, early second round picks, I just mm, I I think I'm a, I'm a lot more lukewarm on those. So there we go. There's my New York take. I want to hear you guys' thoughts. I like it. I might have even went with the B plus. I I honestly I mean I don't want to be too overtly. Dramatic. I, I don't love the Louisville picks. I really don't. Mm-hmm. They they were they were perplexing. And look, I don't know what Walt knows that I don't. I know it's a lot more than I do. Um, yeah. But yeah, Walt was, is a phenomenally intelligent yeah. man. But like we, yeah, um, he's yeah. such a I, smart guy. I might go more in the B plus range, but I see the A minus. I mean, you you not only drafted a generational player at one, you might have drafted the generational player at one. Obviously, Asia Wilson. And and Bree Stewart were kind of those last in line, and mm-hmm. you can you can say best picks is Asia, you could say best picks since Bree, and those are correct. There's a chance you could even say like best picks since Maya Moore. Like it, obviously, yeah. time will tell, but that's the level. Not only just in times of how good of a player she is, in the level of popularity she's going to spring in that like the whole stardom that buzz level. Um, however far back you want to go, you could go. I might stop at at Stewie for the time being. We'll see. Right. But you could go a long way. And that's that idea of like, well, how do you go under an A minus? 
with that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Megan Walker cements that really well. I think Willoughby to trade up for it really good. Uh, just the rest of those picks just kind of left me scratch my head a bit. Mm-hmm. Is all. Yeah, no, I agree. Logan, do you just hate that analysis? Logan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. New York picked the only player in this draft that's already an icon. Um, so obviously that's going to carry, you know, their grade. Uh, and I, you know, we love, you know, we love coach Walt and yeah. we're excited for what he could do you, with that. Yeah. I go, I, I have kind of this cinematic vision of Sabrina and Megan Walker entering the league together as rookies and carrying the Liberty to a title in two or three seasons. And, you know, going through their careers together as like a, like a, uh, I don't want to use the, uh, I'm not going to use that comparison because I don't like, <laughs> like that a comparison, co- like but. a like a Cooper and Swoops. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think it would be fun to to have those two on the court together in the same uniform for like a long, long time. <sighs> you guys, yeah, man, you got to listen to W history so when it comes out. Sorry, you said Cooper. <laughs> man, you yeah, guys, you guys got to listen to W history. It's going to be nuts. Those, those <laughs> are obviously the headliners. I love the Willoughby pick. Um, I at ten there were still some other players that I probably would have gone with. But I know less than Walt, and we like him so much. And that that's I'm the perfect case the because you know they're high on Willoughby because they went out of their way yeah. to, to to nag her out of their way to get her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that yeah that tells her a lot. And that you know players want to play for for coaches that are like, look, we could have had a lot of players, and we chose you. The the next three picks, we all were a little bit like. Okay, <laughs> like I I found myself trying to justify like here's probably what he's thinking. Uh, but they, again, in that 12 to 15 range where they took these three players, uh, Jones, there's so much Odom, more available. Yeah. I feel like there were still some rich picks they could have made there that were going to be pieces in this league for a long time. Yeah. And instead it looks like he's going for a very specific design, um, to build around Sabrina, to have a lot of interchangeable, uh, positions around her to be able to play, uh, defense right away. And, and again, these are, Maybe these are pieces that are only ever going to be depth or, you know, traded down the line for, you know, for veterans or, you know, there's, there's a lot more to this than simply like, like simple addition yep. like, Oh, we're getting 12 points per game from her and eight yep. rebounds per game from her. So, you know, I don't know what's going on in his head behind those. Yep. So I, I wouldn't necessarily give him a good grade for it, but I feel like it's fair to give it an A minus because I, to me too, it goes like this. You moved your at the time franchise player for those picks. Yeah, that like that's what you got back for moving Tina Charles. In a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you did Tina a solid. She wanted to to be somewhere where she could play for championship. She wanted to be somewhere relatively close to home. Washington was that fit. I think she very much helped set the narrative for where she was going to end up and for that move to happen. That said, you moved Tina Charles to get the nine, the twelve, the thirteen, and the fifteen. The nine, I think, was a slam dunk. The twelve through the fifteen yeah. just makes you wonder. Yep. Yep. I I think. Getting Walker probably, I mean, it certainly adds a lot of intrigue to the future. Um, in addition to all of the the clout that Sabrina brings, but the, this this seems like as good a time as any to just mention. I I've never seen a reaction to a drafted player like we saw across the board uh, with Sabrina, and and we remember Asia Wilson being drafted, and it was a big deal. Uh, people knew her name. ESPN tweeted it out like we talked about it. But I think Sabrina is going to bring a lot of eyeballs to to this league that maybe no one else has tapped into before, and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yeah, that's just something I you can't deny. Yeah, I think the marketability of New York went through the roof in literally 
two days, a two or three day span with new brand, highly marketable player, already bringing a huge contingency of a fan base to a large market team. It's, I think that, I think that this was a big step forward in a New York team that seemed to the last couple seasons be sliding just a bit. Yeah. I'm uh, just seeing the video of Ruthie Heroes Car Parade. Sorry. I just... <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so, it's so good. Just snow on the ground. That rules. Guys, that was fun to talk about a, a team that I was giving a grade for. Thanks. Yeah. Which, um, which by the way. Oh, oh, let, let's do that next yeah. year again. Cause I, <laughs> my last one's, my yeah. last one's not much anyway. Either. By the way, you talked about like large market. I do want to say, I don't want anyone to ever question me on my claim on how rigged draft lotteries are. I don't want to hear a dang word. <laughs> there's a there's a reason. And this is coming from that, an LA. There's an a LA reason guy. that the yeah. New York Liberty and not the Indiana Fever had the pick that got them <laughs> Sabrina Inescu. There is a reason, man, that the Las Vegas Aces and not the Indiana Fever had the top pick last year because we thought she was coming last year. And yes, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, if you're gonna call me on the Laker fan, uh, yeah. <laughs> The Los Angeles Lakers had three out of four number two picks, botched all of them, but that's what they had. <laughs> the draft is rigged. The Pelicans got to pick up Zion because they knew they were losing Anthony Davis. Every last Cleveland Cavaliers selection that's gone one ever because it was making up for LeBron James. <laughs> the lottery is rigged. It's just so how are you it saying, is. Uh, for, for the fever to get the number one pick, they have to like move to Baltimore. For the fever, they have to move to Miami. (laughs) They have to move to like (laughs) London. Like, (laughs) they have to be so like cataclysmically bad that the math won't make up for it. Um, which they were close in 2018. Or I was going to say say, the last couple seasons, we tried that strategy already. They lost. They were 12th place in back-to-back seasons and still couldn't lock it down. Or they have to be. They have to be like the 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 new clippers like the the secondary large market team yeah <laughs> like because don't listen to them don't listen to them fever we're gonna get you to the playoffs this year dude fever are gonna be the we're sixth seed in the playoffs oh, wait, oh, wait, we're wait. gonna talk about no, the playoffs not lobbying fever. that the fever should leave stay in indiana you got a great thing there i'm just saying <laughs> the lottery not maybe not every year but at the right moment, for the right circumstances, the lottery is rigged. It's just how it is. That's why you don't <laughs> see a ping pong tumbler anymore. That's why they just tell you who gets the pick. When the f- when the fever moved to Boston, it's Ugh. that's when they finally are gonna yeah when they're gonna get it. We're, making, right. a lot, we're uh, making a lot of we fever would- fans pissed off because we're we're making. <laughs> Non. I've got a lot of. I got a lot of peeps that I know real well in Indiana, and uh, if if they're listening in, uh, just so you know, I want the fever to stay in Indiana because then when I come to visit you, I'm I'm hitting a fever game. Here's all you need to do: invest in your commerce, uh, find find a way to expand (laughs) your visitorship, um, overreach your infrastructure and housing to get more people to move there. Expand your television market. a wonder of the world. Literally become yeah. a large market, and then the fever is solid. There you go. All takes. Uh, that was fun. And New York deserves a ton of... Uh, I mean, they had the most picks. They were all over the place all night long. Um, great discussion. That being said, I'm really intrigued. I think that these last three... I think these yeah. last three teams are going to be... Um, maybe not quite as much discussion, but I think we might see some variety 
in our our grades here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to Phoenix. Logan, a uh, couple of picks here for for the Merc. Uh, what do you got? And let's see. Uh, I, I'm curious what you've got and what X Factor fans are going to be yeah. saying about you. Yeah. All right, Phoenix. So you picked twice in this draft, uh, which tells me you really think. Uh, I mean, I mean, you really believe in your existing core. You're not really looking for the the reload just yet. I, I'll just give you a little bit of a spoiler. I think that's a little bit of a mistake. Um, obviously, the core is going to be mostly the same this year, but I think this was the draft with teams like Dallas and New York picking like four, five, six times. There, there had to be a pick or two in there that you could have leveraged somehow. Um, and and I'm a little nervous that this year will happen, and then next year's draft, you'll be thinking maybe we should have invested in developing some young talent last year, but. As it is, you selected two guards. Uh, here's a fun fact for you guys. There were there were five finalists for the, the nation's Lieberman Award. It's basically just the point guard of the year award. Um, the, the first three were Sabrina, Ty Harris, and Crystal Dangerfield. You guys know who the other two are? I'm wondering if they're uh, Tia Cooper mm-hmm. and Stella Johnson. <laughs> they are Tia Cooper and Stella Johnson, who yeah. are the two oh. selections the Phoenix Mercury selected. At pick that eighteen is such a and great pick twenty nine. Reference. You want to know my favorite? <laughs> my favorite ju- uh, uh, line about Stella Johnson is Natalie Weiner of uh, Nation called her the WNBA draft's best Cinderella story. Ooh, I love that line. She rules. I, I, I have a lot more Stella stuff to talk about, but Logan, well, this and, is your moment. and I'm assuming that part of that is because her her college is writer. Uh, which is not a college that you've probably heard of or pay much attention to. Some dope um, jerseys. But, but while she was at Ryder, she led the country in points per game. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not nothing. Uh, she can get buckets. Seriously, almost 25 points per game. Obviously not playing the same competition that some of the other players that we've talked about today were playing against. Um, but knowing how to score is knowing how to score. And obviously taking a chance on her at 29, I think, is smart. Uh, could be a really could be a, a late gem. Uh, Tia Cooper at 18, I think, is a good spot for her. I know uh, we were high on her in our uh, in our mock draft. We we mentioned her as either a late first rounder or maybe a first round snub. I think going at 18 is kind of proof that that's about the right spot for her to go. She was obviously part of that Baylor team that knows how to win games, but uh, there are some holes in her game. I don't know if she is on the hair like the Ty Harris. Uh, Kennedy Carter level. Uh, so this is a good spot for her. I don't know how much she's going to come in and make an impact right away. Um, and as I said, I really think Phoenix really should have tried to move up or gain additional picks in this draft and invest a little bit in the future now so that they're not hurrying to do a rebuild next year when, when players continue to age out of their positions. So I'm giving this a C. This is the, you did enough to get a passing grade, but I really would have liked to see more effort grade. See, all right, uh, Steve. You said that you had a, a take on on Stella at well, least. I have, I I'm, I'm curious things, what your thoughts are. I just have a lot of things that I that I just want to like say in general. I just think I, I just love the story. I, I mean, outside of that, I do feel the secret to a point. I, first of all, two guards is a little much in on a team that's already pretty guard heavy. A lot of Phoenix selections recently. I've come from guards. I've called Beatrice's name a lot. If there's a team where Beatrice makes so much sense, it's Phoenix. Like I think I talked about that on the live stream. I think having someone that can play that physically, siding with 
Brittany Griner mm-hmm. is a great matchup. I think that's where it stands out. I think you had some really good forwards that made a little more sense in the moment. I think you should have taken Stella. And I think the main reason you should have taken Stella is if you watched the video of the Ryder women's basketball team responding with their reaction to her getting selected, watch that and tell me you don't get a lump in your throat. It's such a cool moment. And you talk about like reactions and you're like, and now literally it's just like, go win all the trophies, go do it. Yeah. Like it was like, the coach is like right in the middle of the screen and he's tearing up and he's freaking like everyone is just so happy. It's, it was such a cool little moment that was, you know, it was, it was a fun moment. So I, I love that. I like T Cooper. Obviously it was crazy that she went as far back as she did. I don't think Phoenix needed two guards. Um, yeah, I, that's probably I agree. where I sit. So, so if you go, especially with, uh, especially with Joyner Holmes available, I mean, she got picked right after by Seattle at 19. And I thought Joyner Holmes would have been a great player to go and learn in Brittany Griner's shadow for a year or two. Um, and I, I thought that would made a, that was a pick that made sense for them, but they, they went guard. They went guard, guard with their two picks. Yeah. I, I did not anticipate them to be, yeah, to, to stick that. And who knows? Uh, yeah. I, I think that we're going to st- still see some movement. Across the board, uh, I think there could be some additional, um, you know, trades coming up. But yeah, I think that that's yeah. Uh, I, I think C's good. I might have even dropped a little lower, but I am trying to not be a Phoenix homer. I seem to always be high on the on the Merc. Oh, are you? And then they just break the. Uh, are they you just break three, it all the three time. straight championship predictions, Kyle? That's. It's not, not three. I only gave him two. <laughs> did, you, did you not call them I last had him year? Making, I had a, no, I had him making the finals two of the three years, and I had him winning one of the three years, I think. I think he was uh, with me with, uh, did you predict Vegas last year? Mm, I don't I, remember, to I be called, honest. I, I called Vegas last year. Or maybe the Sun. I, I think we all had three different. Uh, I think I had the Sun. I think oh, I had the Sun winning I'll, it, yeah. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember that Merc fans when Kyle this season is predicting your players breaking hips on the court that he's usually in your corner <laughs> it's so and watch, true and watch yeah. those damn geezers win a ring now because <laughs> they're going to, to what Kyle they're going said. to <laughs> they're going to come in as like the seven seed because they're going to just rest like the second half of the season <laughs> and then just make that playoff push um I love it. Uh, let's move on to Seattle. Uh, Steve, you've got the Seattle pick. And again, there's a, there's kind of a wide range. I think that uh, there are three names that a lot of people, they're names that everybody's pretty well familiar with, but they went first, second, and third round. So I'm curious your take on the Seattle draft grade. I think it's very wide range. Storm get an A. Um, now, um, obviously I think Lox is a steal obviously, after the pick was when it became pretty clear. She probably is going to play the 2020 season. I don't take a ton of stock away from that. For one thing, who knows if there'll be a 2020 season, there's a lot of things behind that. Secondly, when I saw that selection and then when I saw that she may not come back, my immediate thought is you might want to go pick up someone else in their stead. And there were legitimately two names I thought of one could have made a lot of sense, which is Joyner Holmes. 
There were a couple other names. And then I thought, man, if you're going to go crazy, you could even pick up, I don't know, like a Haley Gorecki or something nuts like that. <laughs> if you know that they're going to be coming back. And then you went and got Haley Gorecki. I just, I like everything that they moved. The thing about the storm right now, if, um, obviously I was, I was big on Beatrice at that move. That's what I predicted. I love, I love Kit Laksa where, um, where that stands when that'll kick off. I I think Joyner Holmes was a steal at 19. My thing is, this is a Storm roster. You have Bree Stewart coming back. That's a pretty tight roster. They made some really smart moves in the offseason. It's hard to say that any rookies they pick up are going to get a large nest of, of playing time altogether, that considered. So if they do, I think, do you have players that can make quality minutes? You take a Joyner Holmes and you put her under the Natasha Howard tree. I think that works. You take Recky yeah. and you put her under the Subert slash Jordan Canada tree. I think it makes a lot of sense. These are high value picks that are going to potentially last a long time. It's hard to say that you picked up stars, but you picked up those twice of those types of moves that made you the 2018 champions. That's yeah, the value I, I, of what you're getting here. And so overall, while this wasn't so explosive, every single pick really perked my ears with a team mm. that really wasn't looking to didn't have so much they needed to gain out of this draft. I really like the way they took this draft. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think with Seattle coming into the draft with Seattle, it's like, okay, what's their needs? Um Really, really, like Two that's such a Stewart's. hard, like, yeah, like how, do, yeah, how do you, unless you're picking up like one of those first three spots, like you don't really have, like, there's no real need that Seattle has. Um, you know, they've got their, they've got their guards figured out. They've got really solid wings. They've got, I mean, they were a six seed last year, missing two Hall of Fame level players for the season, and you're a six seed. Like they're they're gonna be fine. They don't have a lot of holes, um, and so for them to to pick up these players in that or I I agree. I think they got it. They did it very well with what they have. Yeah. So good job. Loved it. Okay. Um, speaking of teams that uh, so you, that are Kyle, looking really what, solid. 20, Twenty maybe twenty five minutes here. Yeah. Block that up. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Mystics. Uh, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I. I Here's the thing. Logan hit the nail on the head. You're the reigning champions. You've got Deladon. You got Mieseman, hopefully. You got Tina Charles now, uh, Atkins, uh, Natasha Cloud. Like, you guys, you've got a pretty solid roster. I'm not going to lie. It's a good looking roster. Um, and you're looking to defend. Um, I don't hate the fact that you went 24 and 36, but it, we're giving draft grades, not as far as like where I think you're going to end up at the end of the season grades. Um, that being said, even at 24 and 36, I'm not overwhelmed. Um, I, I, I just wasn't impressed a lot with either of these two picks. Um, Agnews, Agnews is solid. I, I see you taking like a mid major flyer there. Um, Sutton, I, I was very low on Texas basketball. I thought that maybe the bright spot in Texas, uh, this year was Joyner Holmes. 
Um, I, I feel like Sutton was kind of a, a little bit of a disappointment this last season, in my opinion. So for me, I didn't love that pick. I think that there was uh, a couple players that went undrafted that I think that you had a chance to, to do a little more with. Um, the, I'm not going to give you an F because I don't, I think that you, you did some other things with trades in relation to the draft that don't, you know, don't cause you to, to fail, but I'm going to give you a D plus. Yeah. With the mystics. Fair. I, you know what? I, I agree with you. I don't think the mystics give a shit. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think that I don't Fine, whatever. <laughs> give us a D plus. We're going to win another ring. Yeah. But whatever. They're D like, plus, yeah, we'll neat. probably see whoever in the finals. So, yeah. you yeah. know what like, I, like I don't think they care. These picks is like, especially with, uh, with Shug Sutton, I feel like they just found someone who has good assist numbers and they're like, Hey, you're new here. Can you get Pass our stars the ball? The ball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Well, welcome to the Washington Mystics. <laughs> yeah. Because we know that Deladon, Mieseman, and uh, Charles all need a lot of feed. Let's get them the ball. Let's go. Yeah, it's... Come on. I like... <laughs> um, I The thing about it, too, I, I mean, obviously there's highlights everywhere. I'm going to be straight up. I didn't watch a lot of Creighton basketball. I can't speak for that. I wasn't necessarily in, in love with Shug on my end. I would just, this is a reason that Texas picked up a new coach. Like, and what a coach. Like, that's, that's a solid yeah. move. Um, but that's the other side of it is like, I get, I, maybe I'm higher on Minion more than other people were. It, it, I was just surprised why you don't go that direction at some point. I think when you look at Agnew, if you're high, if you're high in her, that's great. This is another classic move of like the third round is stupid with players that should have gone earlier. Like, here's and, yeah. here's the here's the other reason why I don't love where they went with these picks. Um, you've got three like top tier, like pretty high level forward type players in Deladon, Misaman, and Charles, um, and you've got kind of a young developing you know, backcourt wings. Um, why not, why not take a guard or, or more of a wing at at one of those? I just, I, I don't know. I, I was a little, I was a little underwhelmed. See, and I think even if they had, even if you want to make one of, uh, you know, a fun mid major level pick at, at the 24, I don't know how you don't go, uh, Cammy smalls out of James Madison who's mm. basically a local, you know, out of, you know, James Madison, just down the yeah, road, just right there. Yeah. I think in my head, I go, I think you add a lot of value pieces to that. And listen, we, we all play the geography card too much when it comes to sports transactions, every free agent, like, well, they want to be close to home and it's not always the case. But that one kind of made a lot of sense to me. I just, I saw this going a very different way. And this is another one where you just go down the line of those round three. They'd be like, really, didn't want to bite on Mikhail Pivich. Didn't want to bite on Haley Grecki. Didn't want. Man, didn't want to bite on yeah. Kai Gillespie. Like, I just yeah. realized that's where I really wanted Mikhail Pivich to land. I didn't oh. know it until this moment. <laughs> yeah, they went. Yeah, they went Agnew instead of Pivich, and Pivich. Yeah. Again, I mean, they're the champs for a reason. They know basketball. I'm just saying. And they went where, From where we're sitting. 
I, yeah, that's. I don't know why you don't go yeah. backcourt in your case. This is just all exactly. So that's my thoughts, uh, Logan. Any other takes on Washington? Uh, just the <laughs> you can turn in D's and F's for the rest of the summer. This you don't have to be in summer school. You won. You yeah, did you it. Guys, you're you're going so, deep in the playoffs again. It's call okay. me when the season starts. So <laughs> yeah, I I actually think that they are in a slightly different you know, position than like the Mercury. I I do think the Mercury needed to to start investing in young talent this year and and in this draft. I think the Mystics are still a year away from needing to worry about like forming the foundation of their future squad. Right. So if they want but, to take a pass here, I don't think that's a huge deal. But here's the thing. You've got if if you take like three in my opinion, three of probably the top four not even probably three of the top four rosters in the league right now, in my opinion, are the Aces, the Mystics and the Storm. The Mystics and the Aces are like, eh, we're good. Mm-hmm. But what do the Storm do? I yeah. mean, they might have the the deep, like the most deep and and highly talented roster in the league, and they went out and picked up three pieces that could actually help them move forward. And I don't think the Aces or the Mystics did that, and that's why they got our only two D grades of the entire draft. Yeah, totally agree. So, anyway, any uh, last thoughts on any grades across the board before we uh, before we wrap this this up? No, I'm I'm proud of us. We we really hit a wide range of grades here. We didn't just give B's across the board. I feel like I almost did, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see, Steve. I have, you a, I have an A, a minus A. Yeah, Kyle's, been a Kyle's a bit of a tough tough grader. Well, you gave me the Mystics and the Aces. What'd you expect, <laughs> man? Like that was. And the sun. I feel like, uh, and the sun. Yeah, and the sun didn't weren't any. <laughs> well, no, the sun did okay. Do parents think, ever come to your seminary class and ask about like like what's going on? And you're just like, you gave me some crappy kids. I'm like, your kids suck. <laughs> what do you want me to say? No, because the only no. parents that come in have good kids. Like, <laughs> Actually, this is this is more a case of like you never tutor my child. What's going on? And you're like. Your kid has straight A's and got a 36 on the ECT. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, like, that's exactly. what that's what this is with the Mystics and the Sun. It's just like I exactly I can't teach. They should be teaching me. Really, the like, Mystics and the Aces got a D and a D plus. They got the two lowest grades. There's a decent likelihood we see those two teams like in, in the, the finals, finals this year. Yeah, <laughs> like, it could easily be a final. Well, and often so we'll in the see. draft, there's a reason that A drafts are A drafts. Yeah, because often they're they not were terrible the thing, years yeah. before. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. All right, guys. Well, hey, let's wrap up. Uh, it's been a long day, but a good day. When I woke up this morning and realized it was draft day, I've had a little pep in my step, and I just, I just loved everything about draft day. It's finally some live sport uh, that we've been able to enjoy. Um, again, thank all of you uh, for tuning in. For listening to us, make sure you're subscribing. Make sure that you're uh, hitting that five star rating for us. If you want to reach out to us, if you're a new listener, just in the last couple episodes, reach out to us. Send us a Facebook message. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a, a DM. We'd, we'd love to, to you know tell us how you heard about us. Tell us what is getting you into the WNBA. If, if you're a, a, a new WNBA uh, fan as well, we want to hear from you. Seriously, send uh, reach out. We'd love to we'd love to chat and. And get to know you a little bit better and hear your story um, as to why you uh, how you found us. Um, if you're again, as, as Steve mentioned earlier, if you're looking to support the show a little bit more, we do have a Patreon uh, that goes toward all of our production costs that are coming out of our own pockets. 
and uh, and we appreciate any and all of you that are uh, currently contributing to that. We we really couldn't do all of this without you. We appreciate it. Um, hit up our, our merch store envy. Uh, it's WNBA Nation dot store dot com. I believe. Did I say that right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Store envy with only one e between the yeah, store and the envy. Exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, hit those up again. Uh, a lot of the proceeds from those go toward purchasing tickets for other WNBA uh, future fans that have never attended a game. We're gonna get them into the arenas, see how amazing this product is. So again, check that out. Um, but uh, I believe unless there's something I'm missing, guys, anything else that we need to put out in the, into the pod sphere before we wrap up? Just. Thanks for staying strong with us. It's we will continue yeah. to have some stuff to talk about. Continue to have good content, and any moment a real thing happens, you should bet that we're gonna hit these we mics right away and have it, some chat. We're, we're gonna. You probably not heard this in a while, uh, but we're gonna get through this together. In, you got it. In these uncertain times. <laughs> We're gonna get through this. I, Beautiful. Legitimately, next time you watch just right television, now. just tally the amount of times you hear that phrase in a commercial. <laughs> it's so it's so in these uncertain times. Like I get it, I get it. It's scary. <laughs> you you want just, me to buy a Toyota because it's uncertain. Me, I know. Just tell me you want me to buy a car. I was literally gonna make the same joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's so good. Uh, well, guys, appreciate it, Steve, Logan. It's been a pleasure. We have just talked all all over the place with this draft uh, preview during and now after with the draft grades. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, shout out to our, our main man, Jason, who has been doing so much behind the scenes. You guys don't hear his voice as frequently uh, as uh, all of you want to. Trust me, it's a it's a silky smooth, uh, yeah. uh, silky smooth experience to, to hear that that yeah. little growl of, of Jason's. But um, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, uh, yeah. you may not know it, but um, he was there for the whole live stream. He's yeah. behind the He's scenes. He's behind the scenes working, working on technical difficulties, trying to make things run smoothly. Just yeah. Give all your credit to Jason. He's we we can't do much any of this without him. Yeah, he absolutely kills it. And so, uh, yeah, next time you you see us, you know, see us on Twitter, give him a shout out. Um, son of a gun's in med but, uh, school, for goodness sake. Yeah, he's, yeah. In, he's in med school and still producing, uh, producing this podcast and show. And, and uh, so what a, what a ball. And in the middle of moving his family to another country for med school, he designed the yeah. shirt I'm wearing. Jason is a miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, I just, so I know that it has to do with our podcast. I was just really hoping that you're just wearing like just a nice shirt. Just like a, a nicely <laughs> one of those random, shirt. One of those, because he sends us graphics all the time. One of those like random graphic shirts that he's just like made and be like, hey guys, do you like this? Or and Logan like, just has bought several just, like, of those. like some project runway high fashion, like. <laughs> that Jason's been doing behind the scenes. He's a doctor, a podcast producer, and. High and fashion. he knows every one of the mother sauces. He's literally <laughs> the most knowledgeable person of all of us. <laughs> it's not even close. Uh, all right. Well, guys, uh, for the three non-Jasons of the podcast, <laughs> for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzman. <laughs> I'm Logan Jones. <laughs> and we got you next time.